Hi folks, this is Ramesh Dariraj. Welcome to the Semco Style Institute Shape the Future of Work podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Harini Srinivasan, a behavioral science expert and a partner at the Semco Style Institute India. I'm also a partner at Semco Style Institute, a best-selling author, coach and mentor for CEOs and sales leaders. We want to have conversations with the smartest people who can help us understand the best way to manage companies in this new era that is unfolding right before our eyes. The Semco Style Institute was founded by Ricardo Semler and is headquartered in the Netherlands. We help companies improve business performance by unlocking human potential. Our practices are derived from the lessons learned at Semco, a company Ricardo inherited from his father. He has chronicled his experiments in his best-selling book, The Maverick and The Seven-Day Weekend. Our guest is Dr. Bala Ramadurai. He is an independent innovation consultant and an adjunct professor at Symbiosis Institute of Management. He is also a professor at National Programme on Technology Enhanced Learning. He co-founded the TRIS Innovation India Society. Uh, he is an expert on formal methods of innovation. And that's what we want to talk to him about today. Welcome to the podcast, Bala. Thanks, Ramesh. Thanks for having me here at this podcast. I'm very excited uh, about the topic that you've chosen and the fact that you've invited me on your podcast. The understanding or the consensus out there uh, is that uh, anyone can innovate at any time. But uh, you actually belong to that school of thought which says no. While there are no guarantees, innovation comes more to the prepared mind who have the tools to be more creative. Can you explain that? Uh, I think to start off, we need to clarify this uh, in distinction between creativity and innovation. Uh, creativity is in my mind, the uh, creation of an idea and that's in your head. Right? Innovation is when that creation, your idea becomes useful to somebody else. So this to me is the two distinction. Or if you want one of my friends uh, who talked about creativity as something that takes money out of your pocket and innovation is something that puts money back in there. Okay? So if you want to live with that. Now, how do we really prepare for innovation? I feel that uh, the whole idea of creativity and innovation uh, and uh, the romanticizing that you know you sit under a, a tree and an apple will fall and that's when you get the idea or or you know inspiration you go after inspiration all this is uh, uh, are excellent stories for you to be inspired but i think uh, ideas, creativity, and hence translating that to innovation comes when you are absolutely prepared with the right tools of innovation. You have the tools when you want them and when you can use them at the exact place that is needed. So that to me helps with the creativity because it's a process and not a, just a spark which comes once in a while. And innovation is not that one magic product that wins your markets and that's it, but it's actually a, also a continuous process it's chipping away and looking at uh, product uh, uh, product development as a process or a service development as a process. We go one by one, step by step. And that's what I mean by prepared mind, that it's, it's a long, arduous path. It's a step-by-step -step procedure that uh, it goes like that. So, Bala, pulling a thread out of your last uh, response uh, that innovation requires a strong foundation and you need to do something beforehand before innovation really happens, 
Uh, we're curious to know about Triz India. Uh, can you explain a little more about it and how people can take advantage of it? So Triz is actually a Russian acronym. Teoria Reshenya Izabratatselskik Zatak. So that's that's what the Russian was. It literally translates to theory of inventive problem solving. Now, Altshuler, the person that I mentioned earlier, uh, he was a inventor and uh, when he was young, uh, he spent a lot of time in the uh, Russian, uh, sorry, uh, the Soviet Union. He went through lots and lots of patents and found a pattern, pattern, a thinking patterns emerge out of that. So he noticed that certain types of problems uh, were solved in certain ways. So he started categorizing them and, and sort of bucketing them. And any new patterns that came to his office, he would immediately rush and see which of these categories does it fit into. And he would start putting them in. And he, this epiphany hit him that, wait a second. Uh, looks like these type of problems, these type of solutions. So he could actually uh, give some heuristics out of that. So he wrote a long uh, letter to the then uh, you know uh, head of state, uh, Joseph Stalin, and he landed up in jail for that. It turns out that not only did he write a mail, uh, I'm sorry, not a mail, a letter to the president, uh, the, the head of state, saying that this is how we can improve Mother Russia, Mother U Soviet Union, but also he sort of badmouthed the way he was running the country. It which didn't sit well with uh, Joseph Stalin. So he threw him into a gulag prison. But Altshuler went ahead and uh, refined his theory in prison with all the experts that you could find there. There were biologists, there were chemists who were also thrown into prison for various reasons. So here was a man who was released, you know, five years into the prison. Joseph Stalin passed away and he was released out. He came out with a neat algorithm of uh, problem solving itself. He said, he generalized the problem solving process and said, step one, do this, step two, like a software algorithm. He said, step two, step three, do this. Now, it may sound like you're straight jacketing, you know, creativity, but on the contrary, it really helped people who were uh, battling with problems that they couldn't solve with normal ways, uh, who were totally stuck, like a writer's block for a writer. The inventors had an inventor's block where we, they just couldn't muster themselves to sort of uh, solve the problem this algorithm came in really really handy saying have you done this have you looked at this have you have you drawn this so it sort of is a check and balance for the creativity process itself he found through his experience with several case studies from several domains Altshuler found that this actually worked in across domains it didn't even matter uh, and years later after this is in the 40s that Altshuler came up with this theory Years later, uh, we have been applying it in biotechnology and in, in aircraft and uh, aviation, uh, in uh, semiconductors and in, in software, uh, you name it. Uh, in fact, I have used it in uh, fiction writing. In uh, I had a workshop where I explained to writers how to use this in fiction writing. So you can use this all across. This is like a generic algorithm that one could use to solve problems. And... So this is the sort of groundwork that one can do. So you can do your, you can have your own style of innovation invention. This is the uh, you know messy attic versus arranged attic. This is the uh, bringing some order into your attic. So you know exactly what to use when, uh, where should something be used. So we felt that this is too powerful a message to be only with new people from uh, former Soviet Union. 
this is too important to be kept in uh, one sort of place so we wanted to that to be spread like wildfire among all people who are probably battling the same problems uh, the the uh, the preparation required the again going back to the soil metaphor using it preparation the creativity everything comes in how do we actually help people out with this so in india that uh, it was just a few companies knew about it and they were they were starting to get some experts from outside so we wanted to uh, really spread it out and uh, four of us uh, we uh, put together a, a website with a social media on it it was a very sort of hackish way to put things together but the message had to go out so lot, and turns out that not only did people from india join the network and and sort of started chatting saying i am stuck here can i this and somebody will go what is this this thing i don't know can you tell us and then there will be an expert who will come in there at the end there were about 60 uh, people from 60 countries who actually logged in and were actively collaborating with each other uh, so we sort of started a uh, awareness session and then other people sort of took the baton and now there are few other networks which are actively pursuing this Uh, uh you know much better than what we guys had in mind and what we were doing so i i'm really happy that this message could be taken across now um so, uh, uh, ramesh and i worked in mindtree uh, where this was known by many many people and and applied to so the awareness is also there the second part of it which is application that was also there and then the third part which we started teaching as well so we in fact my, uh, i remember that when we were part of mindtree we even taught our customers how to innovate uh using this methodology as the uh, basic backdrop how do you encourage and enable uh, people to be innovative you know it's very easy to say you uh, be more innovative uh, like one of my bosses used to say be more entrepreneurial uh, it it means <laughs> nothing uh, unless you're given um, you know seriously you're given the environment as well as uh, uh, some sort of a guidance as to how you can go about being innovative so uh, how do you use stress to do this stress uh, like i said is a um, is a theory okay where it has a lot of tools to uh, be creative so you could actually pick and choose and apparently there are uh, this these are studies which have shown that every one of us every single one of us not i mean we're not ruling out anybody we have about 5 to 6 thinking patterns so given any day you would be using one of these given any problem given any situation that you have to apply your brain you will be using one of these five to six thinking patterns okay now edison had access to the same i mean similar i mean there are many other thinking patterns but he had five to six thinking patterns as well okay not that he was gifted with 35 thinking patterns and so he could come up with 1200 inventions to his name not at all he had the same all of us have five to six thinking patterns now your thinking patterns may be very different from mine but all of us are blessed with this five to six thing so what what is the uh, differentiation then then how come he has 1200 inventions to his name while i have one or two or three okay so the big difference is the self aware brain self aware brain is the most creative which says the person the who is most creative happens to be the most aware of his or her thinking patterns so edison was very well aware of his thinking patterns now 
fine again sounds like your boss i'm just saying you oh you people who are aware will become creative naturally well the key in the trist thinking methodology is that there is, there are steps dedicated in this uh, towards the end which many people skip because it's such a long algorithm that many people actually skip this but we uh, insist that you continue till the very end so in uh, parts 8 and 9 in the algorithm we actually have reflection as one of the uh, things that we do as part of a project so where you reflect saying okay the algorithm says go to 1 2 3 4 5 and 6 now what did you do actually in actuality which means you have to have strong documentation these are multi month projects you still have to have strong documentation to wear a process hat at the end and say okay now what did i do here and what is it that i used what are the first set of ideas that i used so in my workshops i normally have this uh, silly exercise where i ask them to think of 20 unique uses of a and give them some random object like a walking stick or a brick or a or a i don't know just a mobile phone and ask them to come up with 20 unique uses you will find that you know one through six they'll just breeze through because these are database ideas as they call it it is rattled off from your own uh, brain that you already stored you read somewhere you already done that yourself those are the um, you know uh, run of the mill ideas then you're stuck you don't know what to do then your brain somehow uh, you know uh, finds a, uh, some more courage and and sort of distorts it a little bit and this and then you come up with the next batch of five or six of them and then you're stuck again and then again uh, you you pull in more courage now you start becoming a little more creative with what can come out you should try this exercise yourself if you haven't tried it and then by idea 11 to 15 maybe on 17 you have broken the shackles now you you know that coming up with an idea is no big deal because you know your patterns you already know so you know what not to do and what to do and you are pretty much comfortable now people who cross these barriers and who done this on a routine basis find it so easy to be creative on a moment's notice you wake them up in the middle of the night and they will come up with the best of ideas okay so you should uh, realize that these people who are uh, we term as innovative they have done this over and over again uh stumbled uh, through these three blocks that i mentioned and they find that uh th- that they can do this again that's just one part of the puzzle so innovation i said as three steps uh, three parts to it right so the first part is just being creative that alone will not cut it the self aware brain of course is creative but that's not the only part next part is according to me uh, i i'm going to give a simple formula you add compassion to that okay so creativity plus compassion I, i loosely i define it as looking outside yourself what is out there and uh, like i said you know uh, it should benefit somebody so otherwise it's just an invention or it's just a idea it should benefit somebody and that's when you get so it, the formula is creativity plus compassion equal to innovation okay let me give you a hard example of your own uh, institute that uh, your you guys are part of right semco's uh, uh, style leadership according to me from the outside that's still an example of ricardo semler's creativity so he had come out with a very unique style of leadership and this is creativity for me it's worked wonders within the organization but for for me it's really not looked outside yet let's let's put it that way i don't know much about how many uh, institutions have adopted it but let's say it's uh, at the start and ricardo semler has applied in his company that's ex- excellent example of creativity 
Now, you in the institute, the uh, Semco style institute, uh, have said, okay, now how do I benefit, how do I help others benefit out of this philosophy? Now, this is compassion for me because you found that this is so good that it shouldn't just remain at one place. It should actually go out. This is for me an example of compassion. You're thinking outside yourself. And then when other people take it up and say, wow, this is amazing stuff. Why didn't I do this all this while? And they apply and benefit from their method in their own companies. You have achieved innovation. Forget the dollars and for the money involved and all that. For me, this is enough. Somebody else, apart from the Semco and you guys, has benefited from this style. For me, this is innovation achieved. Period. Uh, taking a cue from there, uh, we would like to know a little more about your uh, recent book on design thinking. Uh, thank you. The, the book is called uh, Karmic Design Thinking. It's a book that is entirely written on the philosophy of design thinking. So let me start with a very textbook definition of design thinking. It's a human-centered design approach to problem solving. When, when I started out on design thinking, the uh, popular methodology is the Stanford and the IDEO uh, the company, uh, their methodology. The gap that I found that, uh, for me at least, I said that they have assumed that people are going to be naturally creative. Uh, at least for people like me, uh, that is a no-no. I'm not going to be naturally creative. Uh, I am still on the self-awareness path that I described in the earlier question. I think uh, for people... Uh, I, I really needed something. I felt that something was missing. And here was something that is so powerful, which I felt could should be uh, also part of a problem-solving methodology. So the TRIST toolkit was ideal for me. I felt that an interesting addition uh, could be made to make a useful mixture. Uh, I thought in this, if I uh, consider design thinking to be a car, uh, then the chassis co comes from the Stanford methodology. Okay, for the human centricity and, and uh, the thinking by doing kind of uh, approach. Uh, but under the hood, I wanted a really, really powerful engine. So the TRIS gave me that, that 350 horsepower engine, which powered the method. So for me, there was a neat marriage of the two. So that uh, design thinking scaled the heights, even, even places where people found it really tricky to come up with some neat and cool ideas. Tying, and I, I'll try to tie back to what I was mentioning earlier also. Um, I thought of design thinking um, uh, in, in four stages. So uh, empathize is the first stage in which the compassion that I talked about earlier comes in. So you the and the human centricity from Stanford methodology is here. So we actually uh, have, you know, empathize, feel for and understand what your users are going through, your customers are going through, uh, people you're working with are going through. Okay, so that's the that formed the first uh, stage itself. And the next two stages were analyze and solve. Uh, these two were from the tool, uh, TRIS toolkit. So this was my horsepower engine, 350 horsepower engine, uh, sitting and cranking out uh, and making people very comfortable with the fact that you can be creative too if you follow this process. As it is design thinking was a process, and then under that is another uh, neat little uh, method. But it had to be simplified because TRIZ comes with its own baggage and everything. So I pulled out only a few things that I needed and, and sort of uh, kept it as a simple, uh, simplified TRIZ, so to speak, and, and put it under the analyze and solve, which is the, so we started with empathize, analyze, and solve. 
the last bit again went back to the stanford part i think this is where we go outside again and make sure uh, that people benefit from your own creativity that you come up with in the earlier stage the fourth stage is called test okay so we had these four stages empathize analyze solve and test and one of my students said wow you uh, this sounds like an acronym e a s t we'll call it east i said oh cool if you can remember that way i'm i'm okay with it call it whatever you want and uh, one of my trips to this uh, set of caves near uh, my place i i'm based out of pune uh, called ajanta caves i was reading up about uh, ajanta caves and how lord buddha is uh, depicted in there i read up about his uh, first discourse um that he gave to his first disciples set of disciples and uh, there were four principles that he talked about and uh, i found a perfect correlation between empathize analyze solve and test and what he was talking about in his four uh, uh, noble truths as he called it and at the end the lord buddha also warned his students not to take his word and he said apply it for yourself and learn which is what we did which is what we took all this method and went back to the field and applied it in exactly the same four stages and saw that it was really working it is that in empathize people come up with lots of insights and then now they needed a place to analyze that because taking customers word verbatim was uh, uh, not recommended because probably they don't know what they really want so we need to really analyze that and find out and use your own creativity to solve it or use the truest toolkit to solve it and then at the end make something that you can take back to that customer who is uh, who had a uh, you know some problems with with your product or service or some other product and service and then test it out with that so this sort of neatly wrapped, wrapped in um i wanted uh, i and i looked for a book that could actually do this for my students and for my learners on my online platform i really couldn't find uh, maybe i didn't search well enough but i just couldn't find but my students also came back and told me that we really need something so i wanted a book there which will act as a, a field guide it was meant to be taken on the field uh, where people could jot down notes and say this is what we observed from our customers this is the analysis we came up with these are the ideas that i came up with and this is the prototype i put together so it is it is the this karmic design thinking book is sent, uh, meant to be a field uh, guide book and also i have thrown in uh, you know it to be entertaining in places so there is a lot of stories anecdotes cases that uh, have been worked out so hopefully uh, i've ran it with some test audiences and people have uh, given me feedback on how what they find as useful and i've included that in the book and hopefully uh, as it uh, goes to more people they will give me more feedback and we can make it even more useful than what it is right now uh, thank you bala for that uh, insights that you've given us on innovation especially methodical innovation it gives us hope that uh, even people who are not very creative like me uh, can hope to innovate at some point uh, in my life uh, the in the show notes uh, we have given uh, the link uh, to your book karmic design thinking uh, and also to your website and uh, to tris india uh, website so that if people are interested in joining that society uh, they can go there and register themselves uh, thank you once again bala 
thank you so much uh, harini and ramesh for inviting me over it was fun thanks you should do it again <laughs>